0: Purdue names Ryan Walters as its new head football coach. Tom Luganbill is going to join us to preview this weekend's bowl matchups. And Kyler Murray has officially torn his ACL. Check it out and more on Cranic Projecting new coaching hires is almost as hard as projecting high school recruits outside of a few names who we know that have proven to be dominant, like Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, and others. So now that the carousel has slowed down a bit, it hasn't stopped, but it's slowed down, we're going to take a stab at a few winners and a couple losers. Now, the winners seem pretty obvious to me. Colorado getting Deion Sanders, Wisconsin getting Luke Fickle, Louisville getting Jeff Brom, and Auburn landing Hugh Freeze are starting to look like some of the best hires that we've seen thus far this cycle. Now, on the other side, Cincinnati hiring Scott Satterfield was head-scratching, to say the least, and we're going to see how Troy Taylor does leaving Sacramento State for Stanford. Should be somewhat interesting. But in reality, just like in recruiting, there will be good surprises and there will be bad surprises. There will be young coaches who have instant success, like maybe Orion Ryan Walters at Purdue, and some old heads that fail. Now, we always say, regardless of the matchup, that's why they play the game. You never really know what's going to happen. Well, the same can be said for coaching. At the end of the day, this is why they coach the games, regardless of speculation. Mm -hmm. I want to bring in my co-host, former Michigan quarterback. Some think he's David Michigan, the midnight protector of Nashville that runs around with the cape, did a really good job last night stopping that old lady getting robbed downtown. No crime. Yeah, no No crime. crime. You and the Green Hawk. Uh, And my brother, apparently, Western State, Colorado, former, excuse me, former Western State, Colorado wide receiver, current. NFL free agent. I don't know, but The Packers could still need some help.
1: We should have been called. I mean, you want to make the playoffs or not, let's be honest. It's probably Aaron's last year. I mean, do you want another Jordy Rumor Nelson has on it, the Aaron roster there? Day. you want another Jordy Nelson on the roster or not? Why do you think it's, it's Aaron's State last year in Green Bay? Because why would he stay? That's a good point. Why would you stay if Aaron Rodgers? Tell me why. Give me one reason. I'll show you a I, why. Why has he stayed up to this point? His girlfriend's a witch. Not anymore.
0: <laughs> well, apparently... I mean, blue of earth. Yeah, never date anybody. Have you met red know, of sky. Yet? Of, yeah, I don't know, but I met green of dolphin. Don't bring the, yeah. Don't bring them in. Chick this. walks around with a trident and a mermaid outfit, which could be good kind of and sweet. bad at the same time. But back to the coaching carousel, Cone. Give me your best coaching hire this offseason?
2: I really like Auburn hiring Hugh, uh, Hugh Freeze, to be honest with you. Stop, stop. Uh, I want you to say that again. I, I really like this hire. You know, w- the conversation that we were having for so many weeks involved the morality of it and the ethics of it. And and that was a fair conversation to have when there was a basically a trifecta of names that we had mentioned for the Auburn job. Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin, and Urban Meyer, even though most people thought they would never offer him that job and he wouldn't take it even if he were offered. It seemed like, and you had been uh, preaching uh, Hugh Freeze's uh, praises for for many months now. I think that it could be the best hire out of this bunch here. Now, the most interesting hire to me is obviously Deion Sanders yeah, at yeah, Colorado, yeah. just because there literally is no ceiling and there's so many unknowns. We just haven't seen the experiment run out. But I still think the same thing about Deion Sanders at Colorado. He doesn't even have to really win in order to propel him to that next huge job, because I think so many talented, uh, I want to say, free agents, you know, transfer portal. Uh, well, this is the coaching uh, has its own transfer portal. So, so many guys are going to flock to Colorado with Deion Sanders that that alone is going to show big time programs that hey, he could do this at our university. Mel Tucker went five and seven in one season at Colorado and got the Michigan State job. So, I think you know Deion Sanders can do that. That's got to be the most interesting hire. But I think that Hugh Freeze could be an awesome fit on the plains, stuck right there between Tuscaloosa and Athens, you have to do something. You have to think outside the box. You have to get a guy in there who can recruit with Nick Saban and against Kirby Smart. So I really like that hire a lot. In terms of taking a step back, I think Cincinnati probably took a step back in yeah. their hire, right? I mean, obviously it's tough to replace what Luke Fickle's been able to do there. I just don't know what they saw in Scott Satterfield that made them say, this would be a, a home run hire for us.
0: Yeah, and, and again, that, that's what makes it so interesting when you look at it. Who knows once it's played on the field, but we do, have some background to look at and say all right we think this guy's gonna do this that's what makes Dion so interesting because there really isn't that background outside of uh you know what he did at jackson state and and that was impressive but this is a different level i want to say this one about hugh freeze i'm noticing you put staff together phil montgomery the former head coach of tulsa now the oc there ron roberts who's been you know around for a while was at baylor uh i, I think he's done a good job putting the staff together it's amazing and i said this when he got hired all these these people on on Twitter and social media and in the media that were, oh, Hugh Freeze, I'll never root for Auburn again. I'll never, it's amazing. One offensive lineman's about to flip to Auburn and all these people just have turned the page. They're just, oh, well, you know, I guess I can forgive them now or maybe it's not that bad. It's like the same people who say they're going to leave the country after somebody gets elected. Or then get off Twitter after somebody gets elected, yeah. and then they don't leave the country or get off Twitter. It's just I, I, I don't know. It blows my mind. Hugh Freeze wins just like what, just like what Brian Harson when everybody went to go to Tumors Corner to Brian, we want Brian Harson, Brian Harson forever. I'll give my son for him. And then all of a sudden he lose, start losing games, and they walk up to the athletic facility, the same people with pitchforks and torches. Now when it comes to Deion Sanders in Colorado, to me this is a good luck Chuck situation. This is the one before the one. You meet, you know, because remember the Good Luck Chuck movie? You know, you'd hook up with Good Luck Chuck and then you'd find the person you're gonna marry, whatever. This to me seems like that. Yeah, Jessica Alba looked pretty good in that movie. She looks pretty good all the time. Uh, Neither here nor there. Reed looks great all the time as well. But this is a Good Luck Chuck situation for Deion Sanders. This is the one. Before he meets the one that he's going to marry, this is the bridge job. Bithia is over there. He's just doing his best impression of the Maze Runner. Let me get through it. Two years at Colorado, win five games, then win seven games, then get on out of here. Call Mel Tucker and ask him. He couldn't get out of Colorado fast enough. So you enough.
2: think he'll just he'll he'll go to another place after this and stay there for a long? Time.
0: I think that it'll be a a a big time brand in college football. Who? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it'll Where? be a I, who. knows? After two years, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to be open? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got a feeling, you know, the Ohio State situation is really interesting to me with Ryan Day. I, if he doesn't beat Michigan next year, I think it's going to get a little iffy. But whether that's, you know, Florida State right now, guys, especially not we talked about yesterday, yeah. I don't think Florida State's happening for a while. But it's not just Florida State with Dion. I mean, uh, there's a bunch of brands out there. And mm-hmm. after two or three years, you never know what's going to happen. I just don't see Deion Sanders if it
1: works out well staying at Colorado for 10 years and turning them into... Well, you know, that's so I was kind of... Look, I like the Matt Rule hire, but I was kind of surprised that we didn't see Deion Sanders at Nebraska. I thought, if anybody could... Nebraska, what did you need? You needed a big face... A guy who can what recruit? Because yep. that's what Nebraska's losing, what recruits? Hell, Huddle yeah. started there. That would be that guy. It would be Deion Sanders. So was I surprised a little bit? But I, do I still think they had a good hire for sure? A couple of hires I'm watching. I like the UN, UNLV Barry Odom hire. I'm interested to see I, how I think Barry he's going to do well there. And I like yep. the uh, Kenny Dillingham hire at Arizona State from Oregon. You saw Oregon's offense Got a lot better. I like so. that one a lot. So I, I think I, that one's going to be a good hire.
0: I like I, they Jamie need and They need a good he. hire. Here's
1: here's what I think you're going to see
0: with Arizona State because Kenny Dillingham is a young coach. Hell, I think he just called plays for the first time a couple years ago, mm-hmm. maybe even uh, this, this year with Oregon. The hardest thing for young coaches, that because that, 99% of coaches are, are responsible for one side of the ball or the other, when they're coordinators, whatever, offensive or defensive. Kenny Dillingham has been the offensive guy. Now he's calling plays, getting into his bag. The hardest part is to still be effective as, as a play caller if that's what you want to do, but you've got to convince the team that you're the head coach, not the offensive coordinator. At practice, you can't just spend all your time hyping up the offense or getting excited if something good happens for the offense. You're the head coach. You've got to find a way to be able, that, that was that to me is one of the best traits that a legitimate head coach can have, whether it's young or old, whether you were a defensive coordinator for 15 years and then were a head coach or vice versa as an offensive coordinator. It's being able to say, guys, listen, I am as excited when the defense makes a play as I am with the offense. Some guys kind of get lost in translation. If I was ever a head coach, I would I would have days. I would pick days of the week. Like all right, monday, guys, i'm 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 heavy on the offense. Ooh. I mean we need to go out there and kick their ass a little bit. Tuesday's defense, I'm on the other side. Like I would I think that would work a little bit better than just over overlapping too much of seventy percent offense, thirty percent defense. I was part of a, a staff that that happened on. And all of a sudden, that defensive coordinator, those defensive players start to look at him like the head coach and any any rifts that – And that gives his ego a little bit. Inflated. I'm telling you, I've seen it can eat a locker room from the inside out. I've seen it. It's almost like a parent liking one child more than the other. Like that builds resentment. It really builds resentment. So that's what
2: I'm interested to see with Kenny Dillingham being able to flip that. Yeah, switch. that's that's a good point too. And Arizona State <laughs> is just primed for. It. Oh because there were so many cultural issues, which that can be fixed immediately if you come in there with the yeah. right attitude and the right staff. On the Hugh Freeze point that I made, obviously we're talking about best and worst. I'm just talking about best and worst in terms of ability to go in and win football games. You know, Obviously he's already been vetted and hired. So the the ethical argument to me is sort of, we're beyond that unless yeah. that's a hill that certain fans want to die well,
0: We're beyond, on. beyond that unless he starts losing and then that's going to be brought up. Lift. Or
2: continues his behavior. That's something else that I've said. Like if this is like repeated behavior, but if, if all Hugh Freeze's mistakes are in the past, then that's something that I believe yeah. the fan base will move on from. Also, I think it's worth talking about Wisconsin. I'm still perplexed at Wisconsin. I think they moved on from a good football coach in Paul Chris, got another good football coach in Luke Fickle, and in the meantime, you had a guy in Jim Leonard who was apparently the the uh the coach in waiting. <laughs> i d I'm perplexed <laughs> I, by the situation. This,
1: I think this is a great decision I, by Wisconsin. You end up getting the I think Fickle. Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin won won this one a lot. He, Again,
0: like I said the other week when this hire was made, this to me is like the guy who, you know, wants to be an actor, you know, dated his high school sweetheart all the way through college. They've been together for six years. He's struggling. They're not making a lot of money, but they love each other. You know, grilled cheese sandwiches, look me in the eyes, you know, while we're eating grilled cheese sandwiches or the spaghetti noodle. Oh no, it's the same one. But then all of a sudden you get a part in Yellowstone and you blow up and Selena Gomez's Instagrams you and then you just disappear. You're like, honey, we have to break up. Like, I, that's what it feels like for Luke Fickle. So, in that like, analogy... In that analogy... In that analogy, the, high the first high school sweetheart... Is, is that Paul Crist? No, or it's Cincinnati.
2: That, oh, this is Luke Fickle's side. Yes, Pickleside. yes. Okay, so on Cincinnati. Wisconsin side, in the analogy, who is Paul Christ and who is Jim Leonard?
0: Okay, well, if we're going to use that, if we're going to use the... the people as the part of the analogy because i was saying that cincinnati was the school. <laughs> is it sweetheart. one of the horses if in you want to reverse <laughs> this and say that wisconsin did it to paul chris you could say that wisconsin or did jim leonard to paul chris. like
2: what if they were telling him hey you're the guy we're gonna go ahead and move oh they on. were paul for chris. sure they were you're, you're the guy well jim on. leonard
0: was the mistress that wisconsin was going to see, now you know, I see. on the side yeah. while you know mom while you know the wife was was doing laundry or whatever and uh, all this he told the mistress hey you know we're gonna be together, I promise. We're gonna be together. Then all of a sudden, the wife finds out about the mistress, and then Selena Gomez Instagrams
2: you. Selena Gomez Instagrams you. Yes. This I never thought so- I would
1: be comparing Wisconsin. Yeah, if with I was Selena ever Gomez. married, my wife better not get mad if Selena Gomez slides. Away. Oh, oh, well, oh, let me go ahead and tell will. you, buddy, she, she no, will. will. she will. Yeah, she rightfully will. so. Thank yeah. Brad rightfully Pitt. Rightfully
2: so. hers. I'm like, look, I respect it. <laughs> No, you wouldn't. I no, you again. Also, it's worth talking about um, Ryan Walters coming over to Purdue, yep. the, the the former D.C. at Illinois. Uh, they were they were uh, first in the country in, in fewest points allowed uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Illinois. Second in fewest yards allowed. Some of that's a little bit skewed given that they were in the Big Ten West. But still, I think this guy's going to have
0: some. Now, if you watched too. Illinois play at all, you saw how disciplined that defense mm-hmm. was, how hard they played, how physical they were. Ryan Walters was a guy we highlighted all year. Him and Zach Arnett, who now with the situation at Mississippi State, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, I, I think Ryan Walters is one of the up-and-coming stars in coaching. Gotcha. I think he is a, a Marcus... Freeman, you know, Kirby young Kirby, not saying he's gonna have the same, that defensive mindset that can recruit, okay. that knows how to talk to talk, understands social media, kind of that new wave of, of young coaches in that Lane Kiffin mold, is, mold as well, just from a understanding the, the value of social media in recruiting, I think he's going to do well at Purdue. I was very excited. I always love it when a young defensive guy gets a chance. Mm-hmm. Always love it when you we always see young offensive guys getting hired, go install your system or throw it around. Hey, you know, here we go. Uh-huh throw to grass it's always something I love something to see it, see it when a young defensive guy I love it you know I, I, tell, you what, I tell you what I tell you what I tell you what defensive guy defending, defending national what, champs man. defense defense wins championships and if you want to win championships when it comes down to making money on sports betting you need to use the best sports book app there is it's DraftKings, kings people you want to draft like a king bet like a king this isn't hard you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure this out Download the Sportsbook app now, all right, at DraftKings. Use code BOOSTER, B-O-O-S-T-E-R. It helps us and you, because if you place a $5 bet on on any NFL team to win their game, you get $150 in free bets if they do. That is only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code BOOSTER. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I got to give a shout-out to our buddy Cone's Leather Book on Twitter. Absolutely went dummy last night on DraftKings Sportsbook, let me tell you what he hit. This is why when you come in the trust tree, you look everybody in the eyes, you become friends, you become rich. So, he did this on DraftKings Sportsbook. He hit a plus 300 bet. He hit a plus nine thousand six hundred twenty-eight NCAA basketball parlay bet, a plus nineteen hundred NHL six pick parlay bet, his booster bet from yesterday, plus four thirty-seven because he parlayed my show bets yesterday. Hit a plus one eighty-six parlay because he parlayed Blaine's show bets yesterday. Basically, it was raining money wherever this human being was. Wow. Congrats on the win. Mm-hmm. What's that? What do you have? You bet ten dollars on a on a nine thousand six hundred. I wanna know how much you bet.
1: Like so, that's nine hundred sixty bucks, man. Oh boy, probably. Yeah, I mean, he probably cleared at least. Cleared at Lear's fifteen hundred. Twelve hundred, fifteen. Somewhere around there. I mean, and I couldn't can, hit. A, I couldn't hit a more than a three-team parlay to save my life. I tell you what, it's been weird at my house with huh? them.
2: What are you talking about, Blake? Those Is aren't that three, your numbers. Those aren't there? three
1: teamers? Is that up, your dude. number up there? Those aren't three teamers. Okay, I'm talking about put ten dollars in a in a wish and a dream this on an be Reed's bets. You know, like I'm a, Reed's hitting bets. She started betting like three months ago. I've been betting for thirty three years. <laughs> You were betting when you were one? I'm 28. <laughs> <laughs> if that, if that. Do the, uh, do the math on that. Anyway, no. let's get to the booster club. <laughs> let's go to Tyler Jarvis. $10 donation, Tyler. appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. Says, I got something to say about y'all's bust list yesterday. Oh, no. As a Miami fan, I resemble the list. Um, now I'm putting the block M spot light in the sky, calling on David Michigan for help. Hashtag no more gas.
0: Yes, you said and, I resemble the and, list and I, I, or I resent the he, list. Did probably, you pull a
2: three
1: stooges on us there?
0: Uh, well, you no, said resemble. Yeah, yeah well, then that's
2: funny. And he's right.
0: Here's where I'm at. This is why, and when we did this list collectively, so it's, it's all three of us coming together, some gives, some takes, some compromising, some screaming, maybe a physical altercation or two, but we get the job done. All right. We're not going to show you how the sausage is made. You just put that Jimmy Dean on the plate and you enjoy it. But when I look at Miami, it's the first year for Mario. The reason there were high expectations was because, you know, Van Dyke at quarterback, some of the guys they had returned. And it's one thing to, to not be very good. It's another thing to be that bad. I mean, Miami was that bad in a very weak division. Uh, we, we, you lost to Middle Tennessee State, got blown out at home. And look, big Rock Rick Soxdale guy, I'll rep the Blue Raiders. Hell, they're right down the street. But I thought Mario was going to do better his first year. I still think he's going to be fine. But when that David Michigan sign hits the sky, like I see about Let's every go. three nights in Nashville, first thing I do is call the commissioner.
2: Are you talking to him? I want to meet him. Second thing is, I just hear (laughs) Kate noises. I heard he has an extra year of eligibility. He does. Maybe that's the situation. Maybe that's what he's talking about. But I still said, out of that list we had of busts from this season, I think Miami can be the one to take the biggest step next season. We're looking at Michigan State was on that list. I'm very interested to see which season was an anomaly for Mel Tucker. Was it the year when he went and hit the portal and got Kenneth Walker and they beat Michigan and had this great season? Or was it this past year where they're not going to a bowl game? We don't know yet for Mel Tucker at Michigan State. I mean, I'm hoping that it was, that this past season was an anomaly and Michigan State Mm -hmm. continues to have a great program. Obviously, we are always going to talk about Texas A&M because Jimbo Fisher is you recruiting very well, but they're not winning when it counts. Is next year? Uh, it's always is next year the season for Texas A&M, so we'll be tracking that. But I think, man, Miami, the recruiting hotbed that's down there, Mario Cristobal being with his alma mater, just like Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, just like Kirby Smart at Georgia, I think that Miami can take that. Watch out for Miami and Oklahoma next year. Watch Miami for and Oklahoma. To.
1: All right, let's go to Sean Pennison. What's up, Sean? I suck as company. Where does Kendall Bryles become a head coach? You know, this I was shocked that Kendall Bryles didn't get the
0: Arizona State job. I thought if they were gonna go young, offensive mind. Now I know Kenny Dillingham is from Phoenix. I think that had a lot to do with it as well. I don't know if that many people know it. But but Kendall, it's almost a Billy Napier, Jamie Chadwell situation, but from a coordinator spot at an SEC school, which has about as much cachet when it comes to getting that next job as being a head coach at a group of five school, believe it or not. I know there are two different positions. I know they entail totally different things in the job description, coordinator, and head coach. But from a cachet, splash-hire standpoint, Kendall Bryles is on that next block. He's, he's on the next one. I'm going to be interested to see where he goes. Does he end up at somewhere like a La Monroe, maybe a smaller sunbelt? I really saw him at maybe. Kent
1: State. I thought he'd been a great fit. See, I don't State. know. Kent
0: State's not a great job. It's not a great job. Sean Lewis, I think, did about as well as you can do over there. There's a reason he took that Colorado OC job. I know there's some extenuating circumstances. But Ken O'Brien doesn't have to go reach in for one. Like, you don't have to go, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to, you know,
1: kiss a frog and turn it into a princess. Right I mean, now. is, is UL, UL Monroe get... that better of a job than Kent State? Say it again? UL Monroe, is that what you said? Huh? Well, I'm just saying like a a a
0: regional where he's from. Like, like. Sun Belt, Conference USA, like maybe a Western Kentucky of Tyson Helton Leafs, somewhere somewhere like that that's a little more established than a Kent State. If he was going to go to the MAC or, or somewhere up there, it's a different region. That doesn't mean you can't coach. That's kind of a different style of ball that they run in that league. I feel like he's more of a a southern or west coast fit when it comes down to what he wants to do stylistically. Because Kendall Bryles, never forget, he wants to spread you out and throw the ball. Mm. Let's not forget what his last name is. It's Bryles. They throw the ball in that family.
2: Given that, the state of Ohio is such a great state for high school football Mm -hmm. players, and they have so many great football programs there. What is it about Kent State that makes it tough to win?
0: I I think that the facilities, number one, are terrible. Uh, I'm... We played there when I, when I coached at South Alabama. Uh, went up there, stayed in um, Cleveland the night before. The facilities were bad. There's so many college teams in the state of Ohio, too, even like FCS that, that that's are true. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think you know Kent State is just kind of a, and I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, they are about as low on the totem pole as it gets for Division One football teams in Ohio. I think that's a place that you bounce back to you don't or you leave. Like, again, just to think about, all right, how many Kent State players can you name off the top of your head that, that are famous Kent State players? And, and these guys really aren't that famous. Roosevelt Knicks? I mean, Dre Archer? I mean, I know I'm probably forgetting a couple Who else? I mean, how much Akron had LeBron, um, but it's not like he played at the college. Did, uh... And I'm talking football now. Hmm.
2: Exactly. Ooh, Julian yeah i was about to say julian, so julian edelman, edelman, julian and, edelman. Sean McVay both, and sean mcveigh both. sean McVay went to miami ohio was that right sean mcveigh went to miami ohio so because and the reason i was the reason i remember this because when sean mcveigh was was playing coaching against julian edelman they ran like a a, a special on max schools with both of them going to schools yeah. in ohio which was cool
0: That that shows you how much of an anomaly it is but pumping money into the program it's just it's tough to win when you, it's not at the forefront of people's minds that have the money and you're not even when, when they've had successful years it's not like people have doubled down on can the Saban program play at Kent State? A Saban played at West Virginia I believe right? or is he Coach from State West there, Virginia and, and he may have played at Kent I don't think so I don't think that's right
1: uh, alright let's stay in the Booster Club but let's get to uh, five big questions here in a minute alright David can you look up and see if McSaben played at Kent State All right. am um, Tyler Jarvis with a uh, $5 runner. Tyler coming in hot you thank you Tyler it. by the way Reed said you missed a donation yesterday
2: no, well, no one said anything to me about it. I'm just saying. I'm just Nick saying. Saban did play at Kent State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Played defensive back, and then he coached there as a GA, and then he was the linebacker's coach. Perfect.
1: Uh, Tyler Jarvis, $5.00, donation says, In all honesty, you think Miami can win with Gaddis? I mean, TVD was a projected first rounder. It's looking like he forgot how to play football. I mean, let's be honest about Josh Gattis for a second.
0: Like, are we? Are we? How much are we really believing in this guy, David? He was believing to do?
2: Believing to do what? Like, win a but, national but, championship? Like, how how know. good of a play caller do you think Josh Gattis is? I think that he is good enough that Miami should have been better this season. Now, keep in mind, I wasn't the biggest fan of what type of offense Josh Gattis was running at Michigan, but let's not forget that. Michigan had not beaten OSU in a decade. Yeah. He was the offensive coordinator for a team that accomplished that with Cade McNamara at quarterback. They made the college football playoff. They won the Big Ten Championship. I think he's a, a good enough play caller for them to be able to to win more games than they did this past season. Is he going to be the guy where you're going to say, this Miami offense is the best in the country and we can go toe-to-toe with Lincoln Riley and we can beat a Nick Saban defense? I don't think that's the case, but I don't think that's what Miami necessarily needed yeah. right this yeah, yeah, second. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts? Well,
0: my, my thing I I always want to give a guy time especially an offensive guy when we come to developing quarterbacks to get the quarterback that not only fits his, his style and what he wants to do physically but mentally as well that position just entails so much I want to let him get his guy in there now from a schematical standpoint and the way he calls it I think he did a good job last year knowing that Cade McNamara can't really run. I, I, I think him, what he does, I like what he does in the run game more than what he does in the pass game. I still feel like the pass game, when it comes to combination, when it comes to the intricacies, when it comes to taking advantage of secondaries, Josh Gaddis, to me, has had more success dialing up things in the box, through gap scheme, through zone scheme, things like that. You're going to run your bread and butter stuff, split zone, inside zone, power, counter, things like trucks, whatever you want to call the, the you know, some people call uh you know, counter when the tight end and, and the offensive lineman pull. I call it trucks. I only call it counter when two offensive linemen pull. That's the way we, we had the distinction. But I think Josh Gaddis needs to continue in, in the pass game uh, to develop his concepts. And it's not just about the concept you're running. It's when you call it. Because the best play callers aren't calling uh, plays necessarily for that play. They're calling plays to see how you react to that play, to call a similar play off of that four or five plays later. Mm-hmm. They're setting you up. You're trying to look into the crystal ball outside of, you know, fourth down and last play of the game and stuff like that. So I think Josh will be fine. You get good players in there, it's going to
2: make the coach a lot smarter. And that's an important point is the <laughs> type of players, the type of athletes you're going to be able to get into Two my, five-star I offensive tackles that, coming in, well, that'll and make I'm, it ta- a I'm lot thinking better. mostly about the skill positions fit a little bit more into this, you know, stretch you out in every imaginable way sort of offense that Josh Gaddis wants to run, which was my only sample size with him was being at the University of Michigan, which you know Jim Harbaugh's identity wants to be running the yeah. football first in a power game run and his zone scheme, which you could see players out a lot better this year in my opinion i think josh gans could have more success at a place like miami where you can have more athletes at different positions
0: yeah like i always say there's been a lot of great players that have made bad coaches look good and a lot of bad players Mm -hmm. that have made great coaches look bad but if you want to make great decisions you need to go online to cinch.com all right, or download their app to order. And we used this the other day, Cone did, mm-hmm. and we have pictures to prove it. New customers can get their first propane tank exchange for just $10 with promo code booster. It's a propane tank exchange and delivery service. All right, So go to cinch.com or download the Cinch app. Use promo code booster, B-O-O-S-T-E-R, to get your first tank exchange for just $10. That's C-Y-N-C-H.com promo code booster. This is a limited time offer and you must live within a cinch service area to redeem it visit cinch.com/offer for details cone little low country boil action with mm. the cinch
2: propane tank they brought it right to the front door there it is right, right there. there that's where they put it look Got we practice what we preach I took here. a picture and then what what did that lead to yeah let's show, show it let's show put to. that
0: delicious spread up here so i can just get hungry as hell 7 in the morning mm. now, psh, i'm telling is it you lunch right. already i know shrimp sausage onions corn lemons potatoes potatoes, potatoes. It was a smorgasbord of deliciousness. Mm. What was great was you had the Low Country Bowl in the garage. Mm-hmm. Then I walked in the kitchen. Totally different style oh, of yeah. food. I felt like I was at one of those super cool soirees. You know, like the Great Gatsby was going to walk up there and just start talking to me or something. You did a really good job. Darby wow. did a really good job. She crushed it. She really, she crushed and then Aaron's out there whipping up the wings the ch- on the, the big green wings. eggs. The chicken wings.
2: The chicken wings. First time I've had his chicken wings. Sorry I had to
1: beat up on your family in
2: Cornhole. Man, I heard it, it got bad. Bro, look. I just, look. No, Todd, even after Jake
1: like, left. But like, both your brothers. I won six more games.
0: Yeah, both your brothers, Todd and Aaron, love them to death, but they, they challenged us to Cornhole. And, I heard. Listen, um, you want to look the dragon in the eyes, you're going to get burned. No,
2: I heard it. Aaron came up to me and said, look, Todd kept, Todd was like... Oh, Todd was costing them. Todd Todd sure. was like, no, we want another one. We no. want another one. 21 to one. Yeah. No, we want another one. 21 to three. We can't make 21 to we five. Them, yeah. I'm like, man, am I going to have to come over there? Like, even Darby, like, Darby, I Darby, Darby came, came out there. there and balled a little yeah. bit.
0: Yeah, Darby, Darby came out there and was like, I got to bring some honor back. Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever. That's how you know it's Darby, like, look, Papa Cone's busy. Papa Cone's busy. You know, just had to make work of, you know, we, Aaron, Todd, love you guys. But again... You know, when it comes down to throwing things at things or in things, you do not want to see us. The wings were beater.
1: really good, too.
0: Aaron did do a Aaron good job with the wings. Wing. Those are really All right,
2: let's get to five big questions. Let's do it. All right, so now we know Kyler Murray has officially torn his ACL. I know we talked about his injury a little bit mm-hmm. yesterday, but officially with a torn ACL out, what would you say, nine months? Mm-hmm, a more Seven there. to nine months, something like that. Does this change your opinion of what's going to happen with the Arizona Cardinals moving forward?
0: Um, I, you know, it's obviously a setback. Now, I will say there's been so many modern advances. I mean, we watch guys like Adrian Peterson come back in four months, but I don't think Kyler Murray's got the work ethic, honestly, that Adrian Peterson has. I think he, his, his, he has so much physical talent and, and he's so gifted physically that if he attacks the rehab like he should, he could come back pretty quickly and maybe be even better for next year. But here's the thing. It's just like anything. A lot of it is mental. You can get your ACL fixed. You can run pretty much just as fast and pretty much be just as physical. But it's the mental of not trusting it. How many times now, going forward, is Kyler Murray, who has used his legs effectively to be able to keep plays alive downfield, to be able to scramble for touchdowns, it's one of the best attributes he has. Yeah, he can throw a good ball. Yeah, he has a hose. But mentally, when it comes down to football IQ in the passing game, a lot of times he gets bailed out for two reasons one because he can take off at any point in time to get positive yardage and two the defensive coordinator and the players on defense on the field know that so they play a little bit slower you may be a little bit uh more nervous to, to stick onto that guy maybe in man because you know if your backs returns Kyler's gonna burn you but how many times now when he has the ability to run out of the pocket is he gonna stop and think well I tore my ACL last year and it cost me this amount of time Maybe I'll just throw the ball away. Maybe I'll try and force a ball into coverage, and that's going to take away a
1: huge element if he doesn't trust his legs like he did before this happened. Well, I think Kyler would be fine. I don't think uh, you'll never the same really after you tear your ACL. You, you'll never run the same in my. Opinion. Is it like getting cheated? I've, I've never been cheated
0: on, but I feel like it'd be like be, getting be, being with somebody for like two years and then they cheat on you, and then you take them back.
2: Yeah, I still love you, but do I really trust you? The torn ACL analogy. Yeah. yeah. Do I really or trust ACL you? ACL cheater.
1: Probably not. I mean, you got to, though. You yeah. need to I me. Mean, if you're me. Kyler, I mean, you got to. It's part, of, it's part of your game. I would say half your game. I think Kyler's going to hit the rehab hard. I think mean, Kyler's going to kind of flip the switch when it comes to work ethic. One, because I think the new Call of Duty is somewhat trash anyways. And, and two, I think he's going to grow as a person and Kyler's going to be Things there. going to get bigger? But I'm more thinking about who who goes first. Is it the GM or Cliff? And if they don't, I think Cliff stays. I think Kyler's going to be there. But sooner or later, I think the GM has to go. I mean, you're only been, the Titans you've doing. only been getting worse. Yeah. You've only been getting worse. I mean, you've, your last two uh, first-round picks were both linebackers. I think one of those is is paying off in Simmons. Um, but, yeah, Simmons is a monster. Yeah, it's a mom, But yeah, I just think it's time for him to go. Simmons you're, you're, and Xavier
0: and Collins are both mean,
1: um, Yeah, Xavier's playing good. But, I mean, for a first round, you needed something, especially up front on the offensive line. You're terrible. You're terrible. And Kyler now, who just towards ACL, who's not going to be able to get outside the pocket and do things as well as he used to. You got to secure things up front. That's more. I don't understand how that's not more half the battle in GM's minds when it comes. We have to be good up front um, in, um, in the D-line and O-line. Look at the Jets. Prove someone on the O-line, D-line. It's, it's just flourishing right now. Yeah, I mean, well, you almost have two pro bowlers, and one, one of them's a rookie.
0: Doesn't it sound like Cliff Kingsbury and Colt McCoy is like a Western comic? Like, <laughs> oh, Cliff Kingsbury and Colt McCoy
2: Colton going Cliff. on down to the saloon to take care of Roddy Rowdy and the boys. And uh, it's important to note, too, that was a non-contact injury. Mm. Non-contact grass. a contact injury. Grass. 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 I'd rather slip than slip my ACL. They weren't playing on grass? They were
1: on grass. They, I thought they were on turf. No.
2: Were they? No, they were no.
1: on grass. 100%.
2: Really? Yes.
1: Hmm. I thought they were on turf. Interesting.
2: All right, next one. Uh, I want to I want to ask you guys about the uh, situation with Robert Griffin III on television. Yeah, I think we have yeah. a, a clip of. West yeah, let's
0: and- let's play. It's, do we have the clip or? Uh, do we that have that? I don't know if we can play. The clip. Here's yeah, what happened. Know. I'm going to set the scene. Okay, Robert Griffin and live TV is tough. Okay, people, it's tough. People slip up. Uh, I mean, not us, but you know, normal humans do. So RG three the other day was. In my opinion, I think he was trying to use the term bugaboo. Okay? Don't matter. It do- Can I finish yeah. a thought? Thank you. Yeah, welcome to my life. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyways, not going to even go there. He was trying to say bugaboo, in my opinion, if you listen to it at full, time, at full speed. But he said another word that sounds like bugaboo that starts with a J that I'm not saying. And really, I, I, I think is very, you know, inflammatory regardless of what you look like to say. And he came out on social media and said, I meant to say bugaboo, which I have heard that term before. I've heard it multiple times. And I think in this context, it does make sense. Now, that is not to say there is a double standard. If Steve Young had said this or any white person had said this, they would have been fired instantly. Fired, probably tarred and feathered, exiled to somewhere in Siberia. So there is a double standard. And should Robert Griffin have to pay the price for this? Me personally, I don't think he'd be bad to, for a slap on the wrist, but getting fired or some I, I believe that that when I, I believe my eyes, right? When I watch that clip, I don't believe he meant to say what he said. Now, you can say that doesn't matter. You could say he should be fired because using any sort of, sort of racial slur or slur, even if it's about somebody that, you know, a, a race that you are is wrong. And I do get it. The double standard. I mean, if there was a white guy that had said what Booger McFarlane said about Zach Wilson about a black player, they would have fired him and dropped him off somewhere in the jungle in Vietnam. Uh, it just there is a double standard. RG three, just learn from it. I'm not as up in arms about this
1: as as everybody else. What do you think, Blade? Well, it just it just blows my mind that this there'll be no consequences from this. None. Even if there be, though. Well, what should You should, you the saying, conf- like, you should be fired. You think you, you should, should be, fired? be fired? If a white guy said this, he'd be in jail for six months. If Steve Young said this, you know the funny thing about it? Is if Steve Young got on there and said something about a, a cracker, we were talking about this the other day. Yeah, we were talking about that. If he, if he said, well, this guy's a cracker or something like that, you probably wouldn't have any backlash. They'd probably laugh with you. Yeah. They probably would.
2: But but even Robert Griffin saying this caught a, a lot of backlash. But is that the point, though? Because I think a lot of the, the, the issue is if Steve Young were saying that about like a derogatory term towards white people— is the is the thinking here that well that is okay because he's a white person whereas it should be the same for Robert Griffin to be able to say this word because he belongs to a group of people. I mean to me it becomes it comes down to uh the, what is the professional standard for yeah. what you're doing. Well you live can't, television.
1: There, I, I would say uh, I would say that you can't be racist towards
2: white people. That's what they would say. Okay. That's I, what I would say. Yeah. I mean I wouldn't be surprised at that would you? No not, not at, at all. all. And I agree with the point of the double standard on this but what I will say too is Robert Griffin the 3rd Look. I'm not a big fan of a lot of his commentary. I have to mute the TV sometimes. When when Michigan was playing in the game and the quarterback orgy scored the touchdown, he says an orgy in the end. Yeah, dunking. he grabs low hanging. I don't want to hear that. It's, it's, it's not professional TV, but I will say he takes a lot of risks on live television. And as three people, we spend 10 hours a week on live TV. Yep. We're trying our absolute best to, to deliver the, the type of content people want to listen to, be edgy when it's appropriate. I understand the idea that uh, a lot of times he misses and we shake our heads at what Robert Griffin Third said. Some Sometimes he hits and he makes us laugh. So if if people want to say that, well, he should be fired for some of the things he says, or this case particularly, then you have to understand you're going to get more and more vanilla yeah. type analysis yeah. and content because people aren't going to take those risks.
1: I mean, how, how vanilla are we going to get? The man, man said that.
2: I, you know, I mean, enough. the, well, I, I, I the extremes, extremes I think on think that. It's a, a there's a, close.
0: a difference between a play on somebody's last name, there's origin, then zone, and saying that. I, I do think... I do think there are two different things. But my problem with this is this, Cone. I, I'm, I'm with you. If you want stuff that pushes the boundary, like we're seeing in streaming and stuff that's not your old school, you know, uh, you know Jim Nance, it's a pimento cheese and father moment or whatever. <laughs> like it, it, Some people want this. Some people don't. My thing is, all right, if we are going to do all this stuff with, with racism and and talk about, you know, and everybody's wearing patches and doing all this stuff, At what point do we sit here and say, I don't care if you're a white person that calls somebody a cracker or a black person that calls somebody what he said or a Hispanic that has some sort of of slam against Hispanics. It is all racist and we do not want any racism on the set or involved in this, even in a joking manner that looks Mm -hmm. like you. It should all be done. It's across the board. That's one thing. Or or you just come out and say, listen, you can make fun of yourself. It's like a fat person on TV. They can make fun of fat people because they're fat. But if a skinny person goes on there and says, "Hey, guess what, fatty, fatty laddie, <laughs> like you're gonna, you're gonna be in trouble. It's just, again, we need to decide what. what I we're
2: like that. I think that's that's the exact pick one. That's what I'm trying to say. Pick and I one. think it should be the former. Right? Yeah. I think it should be the former. Like have a professional standard and then adhere to it across the board. I think most people can get on board with, with any sorts of rules as long as they are applied consistently and, and there's equally. no double standard yes. and equally. And then at that point, we know what the rules are. You know what you can say or what you can't say. And then, and then we can move forward as a society to me.
1: Yeah. It's about equality. across the board. You Can't hold some people to one standard and other people to one standard. And oh, we're the best away. in the world at doing that. So it's, it's about equality. And if RG3 was any other skin color, he'd have been fired. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. that was one of us sitting right there.
2: Oh, for Dave, sure.
1: we're gone.
2: Yeah. Done. Forever. Again, but I ask the question, if we said exactly what he said, yes. Is it is it different if we said a word that is derogatory towards white people, though? No, because
1: it's white people, David. And you can't be racist towards white people. I get your- Guarantee, in all ESPN's eyes- whoever's eyes, Amazon on a Tuesday, whatever it is, all right? You can say probably whatever you want about white people in there. High five you, celebrate, cheers, we'll go They'll say you're about. right. They'll but say you're right. Yeah, even when, even when an African-American person gets up there and says something like that, he'll still catch backlash, which RG3 did. And he should from both sides, but he should be fired. That's not a, a slip-up that just genuinely happens. You don't think so? No. I'm thinking if you watch that. No, I don't think so. I think so. No one misses that word up with bugaboo. I don't know. I've never really heard I, the
2: I, term I, bugaboo, so I don't. I, I've, I've, I've at it. the same time, I, I feel it. like Robert Griffin III is the type of person. I've never gotten the sense from Robert Griffin III that he has a malicious bone in his. Watch RG 3s you know?
0: reaction to when Booger McFarland said that about Zach Wilson. Watch RG3's reaction when he said, I'm just saying, I don't think RG3 is one of these woke ass people out here that's, that's carrying the bit like Ryan Clark or some of these guys that realize it's advantageous to be this way in that market, working for Disney and things like
1: that. I don't think RG3 is really like that. I don't think, I mean, I don't think so either, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You say, It doesn't matter what your malicious intent is. It doesn't matter. You said it. You said it. You, the, you, we could go down the line of people who've accidentally said something, and they probably are not coming from a bad place. But what? They get cut from everything. All right? I'm not saying RG3 is coming from a terrible place, a racist place, or anything like that. But, buddy, you said it. And if that was anybody other than you with a different skin color, they would have been fired. Go no, and I, pack don't, your I bag. don't think that's wrong. But what we're trying to do is get
0: some concrete, like, line of thinking yeah, where we can I agree have a base
2: on them instead of this, 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 and okay, that. Okay, if they fire Robert Griffin III for that, call us. Yeah. Okay? Call us because we need to get you on credit. Watch, watch me. Watch <laughs> me. Bug-a-boo. How about that? Uh, all right, let's uh, all right. Uh, let's go to one more before we get Tom, uh, Logan, here. in. All, all right, you want to so, wait? You want um, um, Is Tom, Logan, in? Yeah, I think we got him here in a couple minutes. Okay, all right. A, a couple things here. Um, Laguna Beach, yes. Laguna Beach High School. There's a girl football player scored two touchdowns on Laguna Beach. I think we're going to drop this full uh, full yes. segment on Saturday as our Saturday special. But your thoughts? She just landed a huge NIL deal.
0: Uh, here's here's my thing. If if women. And girls want to play football, we need there needs to be a girl football league. But there's not a girl football league really at high schools and stuff like that because the demand isn't high enough. Now you have some, you know, I guess semi-pro leagues that some women are playing. You have like the the lingerie league or whatever that's that's not really like this. So the team was down forty-eight to nothing. Okay. The game was was over. They let her in and the defense didn't try and stop her. Okay, you can watch that the defense didn't try. If you know anything about football or you ever played or you ever watched and understand it on a level, you can tell that defense was not trying to stop her. It was at the inch yard line. Here's the problem. This is so unbelievably dangerous. Like what's it gonna take for people to start realizing this? Like what we saw what Leah Thomas did in swimming, right? That's a non-contact sport and she dominated. We're talking about actual physical repercussions for a small girl, for a, it is, There is a reason at some point we separate boys and girls sports. That is, it's just like water is wet. This coffee is hot. These are facts. They are biologically built different. And it is so dangerous, okay? It is so unbelievably dangerous to have girls think that they can go play high school football against boys or college football against boys. I don't care if you're the kicker. I don't care if you're the left tackle. What is it going to take? Is it going to take somebody getting broken out here or some girl getting killed are getting literally, here, spleen, there are grown men, 200, 300 pound men that get devastatingly hurt in this game, okay? This isn't basketball, this isn't baseball, okay? This is a full contact, because here's the thing, and you said this and we're gonna release in in this breakout, you want, on that field, when it comes down to people's jobs and you protecting yourself, that safety, when it matters, I'm not talking about putting her in when nobody's going to try and tackle her or when they try and do some, they, they let some, you know, kid or, or a special needs kid run for a touchdown and, and everybody lets them score. This is making them think that girls can legitimately do this against men. They can't. It is going to break. There's going to be a girl looks like Mr. Potato Head. They're going to be picking her up off the field. And then all these people that are like, oh yeah, let them play, let them play are going to look like clowns Ooh. because it's, it's science. You want to talk about follow the science? Put that girl in that game, even at Laguna Beach High School, when that game is zero to zero, have her line up and run power. If she'd had 20 carries for 200 yards and two touchdowns, that's another thing, all right? But that's not going to happen. If if these girls legitimately think that they can go out there and play with boys, they're going to get broken. That's just the facts. You can talk about whatever. Start a girls' league. Start a girls' league. There's a reason we separate boys and girls in sports. You want your daughter playing against uh, grown men? in a game of football because it's it's cool or hip or somebody lied to her and told her that she could do it? When I have a daughter, she's not going to be playing against boys. I can promise you that. It is an absolute false dream. Start a girls' league. Hell, if there's not enough demand across the country, start your own girls' high school league travel teams, whatever, and go play. Or do what they're doing and play in flag. I enjoy watching the, the flag stuff. kind of interesting that they do at the halftime[s] and games like that. But putting 110-pound girls or 100-pound girls out there with with three stars and four stars, and I'm just talking about high school. You put them out in college, they're going to be there's going to no be way. more broken bones. It's going to look like a triage tent during the middle of a of a civil war. So this, to me, is setting a bad precedent. And now you're going to give her nil for for what? What about the girls who are going out there and really earning championships? not having it handed to him. Because if you're gonna play this sport at practice, your ass is lining up an inside drill. And we're gonna see how long you last when it is really, when you're laying on your back, that guy's laying on his back, y'all flip over and run into each other from 10 yards, then you're gonna find out. Because you can't hide in that game, buddy. You can't hide in that game. So it's, it's dangerous to me and it's
2: stupid. And it's one of the reasons that aliens won't talk to us. You think so? Yes. Yeah. We got the full conversation coming out on Saturday special. Well,
1: yeah. There's levels to it. There is. And the one thing that gets me, you brought it up. If you're going to play, look, girls, there's not a rule out there that says girls can't play football. Girls could be playing right now. All right. I'm not surprised if you see a girl in middle school playing, but you get to a certain level in high school, there's no way. All right. There's just no way. But if you are on that field. All right, just know that you don't get treated different. No, you want to be all treated right. the same. Everything is equal. This quit spotlighting every little thing. Just go out and play. If you want to play, go out and play. Just know, all right, just know that once you get on that field, the level of violence every play, even if you don't make the tackle, even if you don't get the ball that you're going to be surrounded by, there's levels to it. High school is the peak. The peak. To me, a girl could play football. There's no way a girl goes to play, unless it's kicker or punter. There's no way she's going to go line up her DN or safety, play slot receiver. I mean, there's just not. Because it's 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 just basic science. Men are bigger and stronger and faster. I'm not saying we're better. We're just built that way. Well, in at athletics, yes. Yeah, we're just built that, that manner, way. Manner, I'll tell
0: you right now, I think women are smarter than men. Like, when it comes down to it, when it comes to making decisions and and and, and choices. But with physically, if we're going to, it turns, all of a sudden, uh, the computer
1: stopped working, and it turns into a physical melee. I'm telling you who's going to But gonna if win. you really want to go out there and play, go play. Go play. No one, no one's stopping you from playing. If you would have tried out my high school, uh, you, uh, you went up to my head coach and said, Coach, I want to play, he'd be like, all right, bro. Here's a helmet. Here's some shoulder pads. Here's your pants. there's your pants. Go out there, and have some fun. He said, "This some sort of joke?" Yeah, no. He'd let you play. Go play. There's nothing stopping you. It just gets to a level where Go it's start extremely dangerous. We
0: have boys and girls that play soccer together when they're little kids, but at some point, what do they do?
1: They split off. Because it becomes dangerous. Because that's just, just well, why are we even talking about? There's a no reason. There's a reason men are trying to get in women's sports and women aren't trying to get in men's. sports. That's exactly right. That that's that's a very good point. Uh, but really quickly, before we bring Tom Luganbell in here
0: talking about you know dangerous and things like that, our friends at Epic Will—if you do not have a will signed up yet—you need to go ahead and do it. Take five minutes today. Go to EpicWill.com. Use our promo code Booster B O O S T E R to save ten percent on Epic Will's complete will package that's epicwill.com use our promo code booster even if you're single you don't have to have a family you don't have to have 19 kids to have to go out there and and get a will but you don't want the state to be able to tell you what you do with, with your stuff or make decisions for you or your family going forward. You can still control things even after you're gone or set yourself and your or set your family yep. up the way you want it. Cone, you got another baby on the way. I know how important this it's stuff is It's too to
2: you. important not to do. takes five minutes. Do it now. Yep, epic will. It will be epic. Yeah, I came up with that.
0: All right, our buddy Tom Luganbill coming in to talk little bowl previews as we're moving on through, unfortunately, the end of the college football regular season, which we've seen, and now the postseason mm. Luke's what's up my friend
3: uh good morning guys been a tough week for uh, just about everybody that's uh, not only a fan of college yeah. football but a fan of sports in general
0: yeah you know we uh, we highlighted you know coach leach yesterday we were very fortunate enough to have him on multiple yeah. times and you know I think the thing that stood out the, the most to me whenever we would interact or just seeing him is that and it's almost sad that, that it's like in society today but the thing that made coach leach coach leach was he was actually himself he didn't care if you didn't like what he had to say. He was going to say it. He wasn't going to give you a bunch of coach, coach speak or gobbledygook or whatever. He was truly himself. And in a world where everybody goes with the crowd or the mob, it was nice to see somebody in that position truly be themselves and be able to get away with it.
3: Well, there's no question. You know, um, I've had many interactions over the years with him. And, I, you know, a couple of things stand out for people that wouldn't have had a chance to interact with him personally. Um, no, num- number one, if, if you've ever been in the coaching profession, I grew up in it. My dad was a college and professional coach, and then I was in, in, in coaching for the mm-hmm. first 11 years of my professional life. The one thing about this profession is it can consume you because the pressure to win and the pressure to put food on the table and to advance is so great and and, and so massive that you become so caught up in it that you don't care about anything else, mm-hmm. right? And that was the exact opposite of Mike Leach. Mike Leach was not consumed by coaching football. He was not consumed by winning. He had so many other interests in life. Football was a part of it. But honestly, if if you watched him in a press conference after a loss, you watched him in a press conference after a win, you watched him on the sideline, you looked at his body language and his demeanor, It never changed. I think an athletic director could have walked into his office and said, "Hey, coach, listen, we're relieving you of your duties. Uh, We're going to go in another direction." You know, like, "All right, am am I getting like a severance package? What's going on?" Because then he's like, "Good, I got lunch in about
0: an hour." (laughs)
2: Yeah,
3: and and he would just move on to to something else. And I think that is so healthy in such a pressure packed profession. Secondly. No, what people don't realize about him is how intelligent he was. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about, oh, just football smarts and football IQ. There's lots of guys like that. I'm talking about in other walks of life. When you had a chance to sit down with him, and I know you guys have on your set, Mm -hmm. if you you face him eye to eye, you're having a conversation, you look at him. He has this thousand-yard stare, and it looks like he's going right out, through your eyes right out the back of your head, not because he's not paying attention and not because he is just like often and thinking to something else. He's five steps ahead. Mm. He's already thinking about, okay, well, what are we going to engage in next? What are we going to talk about next? What could this current topic we're talking about evolve into? And he's again, three, four, five steps ahead of you. He's just so bright, which is what made him so fascinating uh, to me mm. to talk to because he's just He's different than any other individual that you would encounter in this profession. And I would argue in maybe any sport, basketball, baseball, I mean, this guy is a different dude.
0: No, without a doubt, it's, it's funny. if uh, For most people in, in this profession, if they wrote a book about the, you know, the, the head coach, the book would be about football. If they wrote a book about Mike Leach, football would be one chapter in that yep. book. I think that's the difference between him and a lot lot of people. Tom, I want to get to some of the matchups we have this weekend, but we opened the show talking about the coaching carousel. Uh, Luke Fickle being hired at Wisconsin. I I, I like that. I I think it was a great hire. I think Hugh Freeze is going to do well at Auburn. Jeff Brom at Louisville is obviously such a natural fit with him being born there and the family playing there. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be fine. There are some that are kind of, of... Head scratching, but it's hard to project hires. Who really knows? Uh, you look at, at Troy Taylor going from Sacramento State to Stanford with some of the other candidates they had. That's going to be interesting. But Scott Satterfield to Cincinnati to yeah. me, uh, it's like leaving a seven for a six. I don't
3: get it. The uh Wasabi Fenway Awkward Bowl. That oh man, board? that's what. I, there goes my next. That was my next question. That's what it's gonna be. Thank uh, God, Scott's not
0: gonna be on that yeah, sideline. Uh, because you know the Fenway Bowl, I didn't know it was Latin for. There's gonna be a fight before the game.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. Both teams on the same sideline. Yeah. Uh, just, just nuts. You know, it's interesting. I think. I'm. I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think we know at the conclusion of every regular season, there's going to be a representative of each head coach. If there's been a, a moderate level or more level of success, it's going to go into the administration and say, "Hey, you know, let's let's talk extension." And I would be willing to imagine that that happened with Scott Satterfield. Louisville says there's not going to be an extension. There's two years left on the contract. There's a lot more work to be done here. and extension probably hasn't been earned, which immediately led to them looking for other options and the convenience of what happened up I 71 just happened to be an open door. Um, I think the timing, just as it is in so many walks of life, but particularly in the, in the coaching profession uh, played out well uh, for, for Scott Satterfield. And then, you know, you have a much better version of Jeff Brom taking over at Louisville. I mean, Jeff Brom's a better head coach. Yep. He is a better uh, communicator he's better with his staff and with the media coming off of the Purdue job than he would have been coming off of the Western Kentucky job. And so I think that it was smart for him to stay and engage in what he engaged in there in West Lafayette because Louisville's getting a better version of him now.
0: Yeah, and and to me, uh, again, we all know timing is everything in life. And uh, you always, as a coach, pray for movement because movement opens up other places, which doesn't mean you have to leave, but you can leverage it. To, to where you're at. Uh, now, I do want to move on to some of these matchups. Look, a lot of people are going to talk about Cincinnati, Louisville, Florida, Oregon State's kind of lost its luster with, with you know, basically it's this cups playing quarterback uh, for Florida yeah. this weekend. And Oregon State's just hotter than a fat kid in a first sleeping bag right now. But I tell you, the game that really stands out to me this weekend, it's on Friday. All right, there is no other bowl game that features two conference champions playing against each other. And this one means a lot. UTSA and Troy, both these teams yeah. are 11 and 2. A 12 win season. For either one, even with what Jeff Traylor, who I think is one of the most underrated coaches, why the hell Cincinnati wouldn't go out and try and hire Jeff Traylor or somebody like that blows my mind when you see what he's done at UTSA. But I think this game is going to be absolute dynamite. There's no opting out of this one. These guys are going to play. This is a huge game for both teams. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think I took the over already uh, at 51 in this. And Frank Harris, if you have not seen Frank Harris for UTSA and Cephas and those guys work together offensively, it is must-see TV. Uh, what is the best matchup you're looking at this weekend, uh, Luke?s
3: <laughs> That's the game, guys. You know, I was in Bristol this last weekend, and we were doing our Capital One Bowl. I Mania loved it. Picks, I watched right? it. I enjoyed it. Really okay. enjoyed it. So did you see my confidence pick in my low pick? Yeah. My low pick was UTSA at a one. Yeah. All right? That's the lowest you could be. One, 42 is my highest confidence pick. And it's because it's the most evenly matched game, right? Two teams on 10-game win streaks, you got a top 10 defense in Troy. You got a prolific passing game. And, and you mentioned Frank Harris. I gotta tell you guys, share this with you. This just shows you how far this guy has come. First of all, he's about to be eligible for Social Security because he's yeah. accepted his seventh year of eligibility to come back next year. I had UTSA against BYU fall of 2020 during the COVID campaign. And the offensive coordinator, Barry Lunny, who's now at Illinois under under um, uh, Brett Bielema was the offensive coordinator there. And I am not exaggerating what I tell you, and I'm not speaking out of turn. When you watched UTSA that year, they had Sincere McCormick at running back, a pretty good mm-hmm. defensive football team. They could not get the length of their pinky finger in the passing game. And I remember talking with Barry Loney on our production call saying, how do you maximize your limitations here? He goes, the bottom line is, I don't know. He goes, "We can't throw the football. Yeah. Right? And now look at where Frank Harris is. It's a, remar- it's a remarkable turnaround in development of a player. And you referenced Jeff Trailer and that coaching staff, what they've gotten out of him, how they've maximized his traits. I think that UTSA will get just enough because there's a little bit more explosive offensive firepower to challenge, which is a very stingy defense for Troy. Couldn't agree with you more, though, in regards to uh, the matchup. It's the most evenly matched game, I think, including the New Year Six games and the playoff games that we have in the Bull schedule.
2: I agree. Uh, Hey, Tom, the transfer portal is in full swing right now. You know, when I was playing college football, it never sat right with me that, you know, a a head coach or position coach could leave a university uh, and go somewhere else while I was stuck there for another year or two or had to sit out a year if I transferred. And I know it's very exciting, right? It's very exciting. We're looking around the country to see which players are going to land at which universities. At the same time, this mercenary for hire nature, this sort of free agency in college athletics, I, I don't think it's a net good. to see a young kid uh, play at five different schools in a a five-year time span, which is what we're going to see for some of these kids. What do you think is going to happen here for the transfer portal? I mean, if you were in charge of this thing, what's a way that you could keep kids from feeling exploited at the same time we're encouraging them to make a commitment to a university, become part of a program, and see that through adversity?
3: Um, I, it's a great point, and I agree with everything you stated there. And I and I do have a few ideas on it. First, first and foremost, let let us eliminate the one time transfer pool, uh, one time transfer allowable move, combined with the graduate one time transfer allowable move. You can't, you shouldn't be able to do it unlimited. That's what JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis are doing. Okay, if you get your one time transfer. That's it. I don't care if you get your degree or don't get your degree after that. You've had your one-time transfer. That's it. You don't get two. You don't get three. You don't get four. And that's what we have right now. So you had a JT Daniels doesn't have his degree yet, but he was allowed his one-time transfer earns his degree at Georgia. Now he can transfer as many times as he wants. There's no cap on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So to your other point about, you know, playing four or five different places or four or five different years sooner or later. And I know this might be a hard pill for some of these kids to swallow. Maybe it's you and not the program. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe the onus is on you to actually perform and compete. Now, how would I, uh, you know, potentially address this a little bit. Number one, the 45 day window is about 42 days too long.
0: (laughs) You don't need
3: 45 days to figure out if you have value on the open market. And if you have a place to go now, listen, there are going to be the players that are tampered with the high profile productive guys that are in the portal that have played a lot of football guys at premium positions that everybody covets. They're all going to have a landing spot. And they probably already do by the time they enter. But the rest of the group that's in there, all right, you don't need 45 days. Why, why are we allowing this transfer window to leak over into signing day so that your programs and your coaches still have no answers as, to mm-hmm. po- as opposed to who could still go out the door after signing day and who could still come back in the door after signing day? Put this, make this a two-week window max, just like it is in the spring, and say, hey, listen, if you want to run the risk of going into the portal, fine. All right, this is your window. But here's the biggest issue I have with all of this, guys. Nobody's doing the math. Mm -hmm. And this isn't algebra. This isn't calculus. There are not enough scholarships out there. Yep. And there's not going to be enough scholarships out there. I don't know who these kids are listening to. And who is telling them, oh, hey, you know, either, you're either getting screwed or you're not given an opportunity or, you know, it's this person's fault, it's that person's fault, go into the portal. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen. The music's going to stop and you're not going to have a chair, Yeah. especially if you haven't played. My yeah. last thing, and I'll, and I'll leave it at this, I think I think something we need to give a long, long look to because the vast majority of many of these kids in the transfer portal are in there and they haven't even been on campus for a calendar year, haven't even been on campus for 18 months. You know what that tells me? They're not willing to compete. The moment got hard, they wanted to pick up their ball and go home. The moment things didn't go their way, what's their natural inclination? They're away from home the first time. They're probably Mm -hmm. immature. They're homesick. And all of a sudden, they just want to jump into the transfer portal. I would like to see some form of a rule that says, unless you've met certain academic requirements that would be fairly stringent, Mm -hmm. that you cannot be eligible for a one-time transfer until you have been on campus for a total of, uh, let's just say, two calendar years or 18 months. So we at least forced these kids to understand what it means to work for something and to compete for something. Tom Izzo, the head coach of Michigan State, said, we're teaching these kids how not to fail and how to respond when you do fail because we're not giving them the avenue to fail or to face adversity. We've opened the gate and made it so easy for them all. Failure is the best teacher of success. Yep. Yep.
1: All right, Tom, we're going to Tyler Jarvis here. He's got a $5 donation for Tom, and he wants you to know, he says, bring back the experts. He says, greatest show ever uh, on ESPN. He says, Tom, you're one of the best to do this job. And, Tom, I second that. I third that. I
3: fourth that. Love Look, that. Thank you. And you yeah. know what, By the way, guys, by the way, in respect to the experts, and I don't know, you guys are a lot younger than I am, and I don't know if you guys remember that show, but the way you guys are all sitting there, that was the original format of the experts that we came on, on ESPNU when we had studio program. This would have been back in probably oh nine oh ten, ran for about six, seven years. And it was myself and four other broadcasters and analysts sitting in chairs just like you. Yep. And the whole format was, and it was a three hour live show. At first it was a four hour, four hour live show Woo! was four guys, five guys talking ball in a round table format. Like you're sitting in a bar watching games, and just going back and forth. Totally informal, having fun, busting chops, hitting ball. So I really appreciate when somebody writes in and remembers that show because it was one of the best shows we've ever yeah. done that I've ever been a part of, and I miss it greatly.
2: Man, that's, that's a great awesome. idea. We should try that. Sometime. We should try it. <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>.
3: <laughs> we should
2: try it every morning yeah. at 630.
1: Uh, all right, <laughs> Love One it. more. Yeah, let's go to Travis Elrod, hashtag Ask Tom. He says, who should Navy hire next? Hmm.
0: Wow, that... <sighs> one of the I, Nimitz family members. And, Tom, do they have to run the yeah. triple option? Oh, don't do this I don't again. Know about,
3: listen, I don't know if you have to run the triple option, but I do think you have to be an option-based scheme because if you're not, you're really limiting the caliber of player you have access to. So number to one, get into the service academy or wants to be in the the the, the, the service academy. You know, it's interesting. Do you guys remember Willie Korn? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys know where he's at now? Uh, I know he was he was the offensive
0: coordinator somewhere uh, at Coastal pretty, Carolina. Yeah, coastal, at coastal, yeah. Car- mm. He's
3: a part of this offensive scheme that Jamie Chadwell and this crew has put together. You know, he's a young, up and coming young coach mm. that's got some some option principles that might be a really good fit for a place like that. But um, it's it's hard. You know, I was talking to Dan Mullen the other night about about you know, the Navy deal and, and, and Kenny and Montalolo and the job that he's done. And, you know, Troy Calhoun, for that matter, Fisher to before him at air force, uh monk at army. Um, you're almost forced because of the caliber of athlete you have access to, to be in that type of scheme. So you're going to have to find somebody that's got a distinct background in that area.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, it's again, uh, I always call the three, three, five, the triple option version of defenses. Uh, it's it's you do it not because you really want to, it's almost because you have to. And look, it's still effective. 30 years from now, everybody's going to be running the triple option, and they're going to laugh when people get out and empty. Mm-hmm. Like, look at these idiots throwing the ball. It's all cyclical. <laughs> uh, but, Luke's man, it's always great to have you on. What do you? Which bowl game are you starting off with?
3: So, uh, of course, we've got National Signing Day next week, and then yes, I've got the yes. Sugar Bowl. I've got Ooh. the Sugar Bowl, uh, 11 a.m. Central Time, uh, noon Eastern on the 31st leading into the playoff game. So very, very interested about that. And as I continue to do work and study up, I'm trying to figure out if Alabama is going to have enough wide receivers to actually suit up for that game. Um, uh, Holy smokes. And so um, a lot, I think that's the thing that's interesting about these games post Christmas is we still haven't heard a lot about some guys that may not decide to play, but we don't so know. why I'm not betting yet. on it yet. That's so why I will not I'm take not a either. bet on it yet until I know. Me neither. Exactly. I'm the same way. So I've got that. And then, I've got, of course, we run the Under Armour All-America game, the high school all-star yeah. game down in Orlando at Disney. I'll have that uh, on January 3rd.
0: Awesome. Well, Lugs, it's always great to have you, man. Uh, we're gonna get you on next week. I know you're busy, but uh, it's gonna be uh, gonna be exciting to talk to you. And we get some football back this weekend in the college realm. So I know. That's
3: nice. I know. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great rest of the week. All right, brother. You too. Take sure,
0: Lugs. All right, Cone. It's Wednesday, man. Oh, it is Wednesday. Are you ready hey! for this? Ready Are you ready? I don't even know. I don't even know who you're. T- who you're- I know. Who on today?
2: This is a special one. Yeah, this I know. Is a special
0: one? Yeah. I don't know. It's probably me. All right, as you know, every <laughs> Wednesday. All right, our six foot seven, now 35 year old, truly 85 year old, uh, co host David
2: Cohn, tells somebody to get off his lawn. David, who are you telling to G off your L today? In lieu of yelling at someone this Wednesday, I'd like to dedicate this installment of Get Off My Lawn to the memory of a man who has many great rants himself, and that is Coach Mike Leach. Oftentimes we use the phrase man, myth, and legend to describe a guy who has, in some way or another, transcended mere mortality. Coach Mike Leach certainly did that. He was a true Renaissance man, not only because he knew a little about many topics, but because he also knew a lot about a few of them. Coach Leach recruited me during his tenure at Texas Tech, but I never sat down and truly conversed with him until these past two football seasons. In those few conversations, we covered a vast range of topics. Air raid offenses, the greatest characters in Breaking Bad, how to train my infant son using a laser pointer, laser, and of course, pirates, always pirates. One story in particular caught my attention this week. It comes from a man named Steve Robertson, who was winding down an interview with Coach Leach when he saw a group of Mississippi State students playing flag football on the team's practice field. Are you okay with this? Steve asked. Coach's response, why shouldn't I be? Look how much fun they're having. They'll remember this for the rest of their lives. That field is new and needs to be broken in. Hell, we need more kids out here playing. I need to call the intramural department and get more kids out here. That sort of impact will have longer lasting benefits in our community than any championship or play design. Rest in peace, Pirate. Keep swinging that sword. And thank you for being the hero college football so badly needed. Mm, well Hell done, yeah David. well done oh yeah dude
0: yeah uh, by the way i saw a cameo of him in friday night
2: lights that I totally y'all were showing forgot. me that yeah. yeah i forgot about totally that. forgot about wait the the show the show the not show movie. okay friday the night.
0: show he show. looks at uh he, he looks at the uh coach from dylan east and he's like hey you know how to get to love it you know, because he's coaching at okay. Texas Tech. I missed that. Uh, part. Yeah, yeah. I Man, I totally forgot about that. Uh, I do real quick before we get uh, to the sub break and start dropping out these these breaded up bets. I want to get our NFL power rankings.
2: Our okay. top five. Um, so, all right, so NFL power rankings. Yeah, let's do that quickly. Um, where do you, you want to start at the top? Yeah, let's start at the top. Uh, we have the Eagles number one. I don't know how you don't put the Eagles at number
0: one right mm-hmm. now. I mean, I think they're the most balanced team in the NFL. Getting Dominican Sue inside uh, to help shore up the interior of that run game uh, has been huge for them. The Bills at number two. The, I disagreed with this one. But again, it's a collective uh, a, a collective list. I had the Chiefs at two and the Bills at three. But you two guys and said the Bills at two. Just without Von Miller, I, they got Von Miller so they could stop the Chiefs. When they had to. Now that he's out, I don't know if they got another cat that can get after that. Well, who do like the Chiefs
1: that? not have that they did have?
0: Well, they had Tyreek Hill, but their offense is blowing, blowing. Yeah, it is. The light ball by the scoreboard
1: even more this year. Um, no, that's stat-wise, not even more. Um,
2: the, yes, two it is. in the that, playoffs, yes, it
3: is. yeah, it is. It's it literally is. not. No, it Go back and look. They're and more look, a game.
1: Numbers are numbers. They've hit more. Go back and look. Okay. I'm telling you, in you the you can playoffs can are a different lies. beast. I promise you. You're yeah, you're put You're not going to put. you're not going to do this. Not the Chiefs aren't going to do anything. You're not going to. Can I talk? Can, can I, I talk? Well, please. Uh, you can attempt to. Please. Oh, well, would you interrupt me every five seconds? Well, just stop saying As you keep say interrupting. Uh, after, after you we'll keep interrupting. say interu- true stats. Can I talk from go, the tra- same guy who's just complaining about up. getting interrupted? Look it up. Look
0: it up. I'm middle chair, so go ahead.
1: I don't care what chair you're in. Go ahead. It doesn't matter what go chair. You, know, you can't just interrupt people and you not get go interrupted. Ahead. Go ahead. I don't care if you're in the in a throne, go, buddy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I'm putting the Bills in a second because they don't have Tyree Kill. Is the Chiefs' offense still? Uh, Good, Uh, absolutely. You have Patrick Mahomes, you have Travis Kelsey. But still, Tyreek Hill in the playoffs was the difference. I still think not having him will be the difference in the Bills beating the Chiefs. Okay, so when you compare not having Tyreek Hill to not having Von Miller, when Patrick Mahomes has more time in the pocket to (sighs) find... Well, I guess the defense doesn't matter then. It's the impact that Tyreek Hill has Devon Miller. is not
2: close. I, I could not. It's disagree. Tyree Kale. How much, of, how much of it has to do with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have won one together? And, and oh. Josh Allen still needs to go. Well, Eric Bannami and Andy Reid are still together mm-hmm. as well when we talk to formulate and play. I don't know. The, the closer and closer we get to the playoffs, the more I start believing in the Chiefs, man. No, and more you're more not wrong to do that. Would I rather I have Tyree Kill year. on offense? Absolutely. But. What they've been able to do so far this season, I think, proves that they are going to make another strong run. And I think those three teams have sort of separated themselves from the other two. I mean, I I don't know. Dallas's defense is so good at every single level that, obviously, that's why we have them in the top five, that uh, they maybe can be uh, right there in the conversation as well. I'm just looking at San Francisco missing a quarterback right now. Thinking, can Brock Purdy win playoff games if he goes toe to toe?
1: And Jalen Hurts also it in the playoffs. That's that's another thing.
0: Jalen, it's a lot. It, it is a lot different in the playoffs. That's why you tend to see the same guys having success in the playoffs mm-hmm. over and over again at that at that position. When it comes to the Niners, what I find very interesting is it's not can Brock Purdy do it or not. In my opinion, it's will they allow him from a play-calling standpoint, to be able to do it? Are they just going to say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try and throw it short to George Kittle, hand the ball off to C-Mac, just spit it out, and not let Brock Purdy blow it? I don't think you can win it that way because that's the way they play with Jimmy G. It's the same way. At some point, you got to open it up and let, just let, let it see. Put the pedal down, scream America, and see how fast it can go.
2: And given Kyle Shanahan's history <laughs> with the Falcons, ha- on the cusp of a Super Bowl win with Matt Ryan, I, I, I think he's going to say, look, I have to do my job. I have to do my job. I have to call the plays that I think will win the game and trust that Brock Purdy can get it done. Well,
0: is there there any thought to maybe he just doesn't have enough experience to know he's not supposed to play well? Like, you know how they're like, we're just too young to realize we shouldn't be playing this good? It tends to
2: work better in the regular season, (laughs) -season, postseason, but still, I understand the concept. The
0: Cowboys at five and the Niners at four, that that and the Bills and Chiefs were probably the two biggest arguments that we had. Philadelphia pretty much took care of itself, but— if you want to watch the rest of this, remember, listen if you want to stay here as well, uh, but head over to the Daily Wire Plus if you want to watch the rest of it with bets, uh, and we're going to get back to the Booster Club. Become a member or listen on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share it with your friends. We're going to be right back. All right, let's finish our five big questions before we had brought. Uh, luges on.
2: A few things here. Carlos Correa, 13 years, $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. That is the largest short stra- uh, shortstop contract ever, fourth largest overall. You look at the NL West now with the Dodgers, the Padres with a lot of big signings, the Giants now. How do you feel about the NL West moving forward in Major League Baseball? Well, I mean, you know,
0: you you look at the stars that make up the division and kind of tells you, you know, to use a North Star, Pun, I guess, is a little bit too much there. Uh, the Giants were trying to make a big splash, right? They went after Aaron Judge. Uh, they, they, you know, the Giants have been relevant for a long time. Like the Giants, talk about sneaky in the postseason, and 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 we we know how big of the brand the Giants are. Uh, we've seen that. We've seen what what they've been able to do when it's been clicking. I like the move. Carlos Correa's got a lot of years left in them. Uh, going from Houston, obviously Minnesota, now to San Francisco. They needed a big splash free agent. We'll see how that pitching staff. Uh, is able to come together. But when it comes to the NL West, yeah,
2: I mean, look, I believe. Stay in San Francisco for a second. Dre uh, Greenlaw, yep. San Francisco 49ers linebacker, intercepted Tom Brady. Got Tom Brady to sign the football, which Tom Brady agreed to. I don't know how I feel. How about you guys feeling about this? One? I don't know how I feel about it. I'd have probably grabbed the ball and thrown it in the stands. I feel like Blaine would have. <laughs> like, thought. catch that one. <laughs> I don't know. We're not Tom Brady, so I don't know.
1: If it, Tom, at what point it's like, whatever, man you know it's like it's like you're it's almost it's a compliment it, to is. The it it's, is it's a compliment it's really a compliment I'm like it, it it means that much you like you're so first of all you're the best player ever you are hands down all right anybody to blame don't blame tom brady for this crypto thing it's definitely not his fault he got swindled <laughs> yeah. all right he R-Shack. If you're swindling tom brady shack yeah but hey i i look first of all you gotta have some cojones on you to go ahead and be like hey tom will you i picked this ball off will you sign it please I mean, that takes some guts, but I don't mind Tom Brady doing this. And if I, was, if I had, what, seven Super Bowl rings? I'm like, come here, young buck. I'll sign yeah. for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just wonder if we're going to see Tom Brady in San Francisco. That's the question.
2: That I is really the mind. big question. Yes. All right, last one. Let's go to the ice for a second, because Alec Ovechkin became the third player ever with 800 goals, the first to do it with one single franchise. He's 37 years old, and this is his 18th straight season with at least 20 goals. 800 goals? 800. Third I don't think I'm gonna ever. hit
0: 800 goals in my life that I've set for myself, let alone score 800 goals in hockey. And we're gonna start you know, talking more about hockey as it, as it gets kind of further along here. But I mean, it's unbelievably impressive. This record, and, and then the, the one with uh, Kessel, Phil Kessel, the Iron Man playing so many games in a row, basically the Cal Rukin Jr. of hockey, are two that that have really stood out to me this year. But Ovechkin, I mean, where do we put Ovechkin at when it comes to like keeps climbing, like top, like keeps top, climbing. top five? I don't know about that, but top I mean, ten. We, I mean, are we starting to talk a little bit? You know, but like not Gretzky, obviously. Let's calm down. I want a Michael Jordan this thing, but uh, <laughs> I mean, Ovechkin, are we looking at a top ten player all time? I think so, for sure.
1: I would say Ovi's nice. I mean the hockey, I'm in a weird place with the hockey right now. Why? It went
2: woke. Yeah, that was weird. No, hockey didn't. Don't say hockey. See, that's the thing. The NHL. Don't blame hockey. Don't blame the sport for something that some Twitter manager for the National Hockey League is doing on their iPhone. Don't blame all of hockey for that. Well, the
1: NHL, I just can only see this in my left-hand corner right now on the on the TV. So that's the only thing I can see. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. At that point, I will accept. How are, your, how are the Flyers doing? You still, you still in that band? Not like, great. Ah, not great. It's kind of like um, they kind of looked in there I'm and actually in touch with the were. organization right now to see. Um, I'm, I'm ready to get this coach out of here. It's a disaster. Not even What's on his the name? ice, but What's off his ice. What's his, his name?
3: We don't. We don't talk. We don't. Speak his his name. Name. We don't say his name. It's
1: like Voldemort. You say it three times, and like, you know there's a wand in a place <laughs> you don't like, and a snake in your bathroom. Does the furniture start floating? God, that sounds awful. Yeah. Does the friendship start floating? I don't know. Doctor Strange does it. Yeah. I don't know. Cone, can, yeah. Cone is 100%. Yeah. Say David <laughs> Michigan three times. Cone pops up your bathroom, move in front of you. Yeah. It David, say,
0: say David Michigan three times,
1: yeah. and a heist gets, <laughs> a heist gets stopped. Uh, oh, all right. Boy. Let's get to the booster club. All right. Kev Sis, uh, $1.99 donation. Nice. Appreciate it, Kev. Uh, he says, Fire uh, Burhalter uh, for what he did to yeah. Gio. Love y'all. Yes. Love you. Yes. Um fire him and use my plan. Hoggan OKC two is that the soccer coach? Yes. Okay. Uh, I hadn't had no idea who that was. Hoggan OKC two dollar uh donation he says Jack Lambert and oh, State. Yeah, okay, okay. Jack you want to talk about Jack like a Lambert. When
0: essential linebacker look, look wow. at pictures of Jack Lambert. Yeah. Like that guy, he, you just see him just
1: get ready to control that. If you gap. have the face Outside mask, zone, outside zone. Look, <laughs> yeah. you see this, you see this <laughs> bar right here. <laughs> You see this? Yeah. This means you don't care about That's, anything. That's exactly <laughs> right. About anything at all. That's just, its
2: if you follow it's going to show you all you're going to forget. Like, yeah. I didn't know Jack Lambert went to Kent. That's cool.
1: Uh, let's go to Mason Gamble with a $5 donation. Appreciate it, Mason. He says, how good would it be for Auburn to pick up Grayson McCall? How impressed are you with the recent flips and commitments that Auburn is getting? I know you Look, brought this up earlier.
0: Quote, to quote Dr. Evil, it's freaking freezing in here, <laughs> man. Uh, uh, here's my thing with Grayson McCall. I like experience. I like his ability to run and pass. Even though Hugh Freeze is not the quote-unquote OC, you're still going to see, I think, those RPO and air raid concepts mixed in with Phil Montgomery coming in from Tulsa. The thing with Grayson McCall is he has got to learn to, to slide. And when he does run, which he is effective, he cannot get hit like he got hit in the Sun Belt. Because if he does that in the SEC, it's going to be like an episode
1: of Gray's Anatomy every time they check on this guy. All right, let's go to Steve Action Figures Frenzy. This is the donation I missed from yesterday. Okay. Your fiance sent me this. Okay. Um, so uh, he said, you can't be a big guy uh, in a service academy. There are high weight standards that have to be a- a- adhered to. Football should never be the main focus at a service academy. I will say this. I-, I get what you're saying, but you could run a version of what Coastal does. There's no one up front who's bigger than you. Coastal, had, they're little up front. Tiny. If you're tiny, the service coming I mean, that's fine. But you don't have to just sit there and hand it off to the fullback 14 times in a row. You could spread it out and still have an option scheme attached to it. Yeah, well, look, you either got to do one of two things.
0: You've got to run the thing with option concepts or you've got to throw it every. You've got to just turn into, hey, we're going to spit the ball out quick because there's no way we're going to pass that against some of these cats. And i not saying you can't do it for a decent amount of plays. I'm talking about the whole game. Someone trying to get through a 10, 12-play drive. You know, when the quarterback's like, oh, my God just running around the back like it's, you know, like it's a, it's a it's a bombing raid. Uh, but I think you got to go f- extreme end of the spectrum
1: either way. <laughs> Here's the thing. you got to get the ball out or have them look in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it is. All right, CS Steve. I told you I was going to get your donation. All right, let's go to, first of all, 46 was a fix is back in the chat. 46. This man. Wow. In wow. forever. Wow. Welcome back. And Ross Bryan wants to know, hashtag Ask Crane, can we, get a, can we please get a hot take from replacement cone? Replacement Cone. What when do you think? Are we gonna get a hot yes. take? I mean, we just throw stuff on yes. now—stars and and lights. Look, we like that. We like that. He's look, festive. We'll, he's an object. He's
2: festive. Okay. Mm, don't is say that. Right he now, heard you say technically that. Technically,
0: right now, would he be a pot? Well, it's not pine trees on there. Let's say he'd be a pine cone. Uh, hot takes from Replacement Cone. Here's here's what he thinks. Um, when it, when it comes down to hot takes, he thinks RG three is a racist. I mean, for no. six so
2: unbelievable. <laughs> Do you really say he,
0: that? Dude, he? The things he said. RG three said he thinks RG three thinks. I can't even
1: say him on air. Wow. I can't even say him on air. Wow. All right. Right high says so the Cowboys' problem is that I don't think the coaching, except Dan Quinn, is ready for the playoffs. Has McCarthy won in the playoffs? Yes, but he's lost a whole lot too.
0: Uh, here, okay. Here's my thing with the Cowboys. That that defense, even though God, the way you guys played against the Texans, just. After the way the Texans played against the Browns, you put, y'all let J- Jeb Driscoll come in there like he was just, you know, the wicked witch of Waverly, just in there being able to make plays. I think the Cowboys are a pretty complete team. What I'm interested to see is how much of an effect T.Y. Hilton's gonna have on that team now that he's added there with Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz Schultz. We already know what Tony Pollard can do out of the backfield. I act for some reason, I typically never feel good about the Cowboys, but this team. For some reason, it actually kind of calms way. me a little bit. Yeah. It's not as erratic. Last week, it wasn't great, but this is the NFL, man. you got to survive and win. Sometimes it goes down like that. It goes down like that in college sometimes. I mean, hell, Georgia beat Kent State by 17. Speaking of Kent State, let's be honest. All right, one more, and then I'm going to go to the board of never being bored. Uh, let's
1: go to Blair99. He says, good morning, fellas. Good morning the to wedge. you, Blair. So says, sorry I'm late. It's okay. We forgive you. Try not to do it again. But I just wanted to thank Jake for that college basketball parlay yesterday. Added in LSU and my alma mater. <gasps> Uh, Texas Tech for that W. So you racked in some bread. You love we to see it. it.
0: I got another one today. We'll see. You know, I'm just a little <laughs> bobblehead quarterback.
1: a uh, bag. let's go to okay, Cody Nathan 95. Who are you taking? Crosby or Ovech? Uh, uh mm. Obi? Man. Oh, that's a good
0: one. Give me OV. Give me OV Ove one Kenobi. Yeah, I'm gonna take a
2: might take Sid the kid. Like
0: I look, Sid's a witch. Sid I get it. Kid. I get it. He's nasty, he's nice with it. But Ovechkin, I like the physicality. Mm. Not that Sid was like soft or anything. That's not what I'm saying. But Sid is more of, you know, your Steph Curry and and Ovechkin's kind of more of your just bully down in the block. Like your Zach Randolph with a three. Like it just it's a good situation. But speaking of good situations, I'm heading over to the board of truth, friendship, justice, lies. Don't lie. But also friendship. Good. Uh, all right. Good day for the boys yesterday. I think we were 7-3 and overall, guys. Booster Club leaderboard. Sasha, Booster Club is... Does that say 6-0, and Cone? 6-0. 6-0. Cone's Leather Books, 4-0. B-SAMP, Sister Rigby, both 3-0. 4 J's, 3 B's, a 2, a 3, a 4, and a 5 is 2-0. and Ulrich Sharbers 2-0. and Cody Nace is 2-0. and Kyle Kennedy's 2-0. and Portmanteau is 2-0. Hugh G underscore 3 is 2-0. I know we have a lot of y'all betting underneath there, but I only have time to read 10 spots. We're going to keep mixing up the people in there. But... Here's what I got tonight. Another college basketball parlay. Look me in the eyes. Why are you staring at me? Give me Norfolk State money line. Ole Miss money line. Tennessee State money line. Cobras, Cobras. That's going off at plus 155. Everybody hold hands and hope. Then hit an NBA parlay last night too. Sixers, Bucks. Wasn't even close. Didn't even have to sweat it, which means tonight I'm going to be sweating like Sherman Clump in a Speedo contest. So give me the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Raptors together as friends. Money line at plus 140. Can we do it again, fellas? I like it. I don't know. Bob the Builder, this thing. Yes, we can. Doesn't Sherman Clump say that? You remember when Richard Simmons is like, you know how, on the Nutty Professor, he's like, you know you get that little bag of bite-sized Snickers and you eat one and then you look down and it's gone? Well, you can lose this weight. You got to say it with me. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I love that movie. Go ahead, Ken. What are your
2: bets? All right. Look, UCLA is at Maryland tonight. Terps have lost their last two, but I am going to take Maryland mm. Moneyline minus 120. And then Mississippi State, unbeaten right now, hosts Jackson State. Uh, I want them minus 22, and that's going off at minus 105. Nice. In All right. Playing 29. Maryland. And 13. Maryland Moneyline is minus 120. Who are they playing? They're playing UCLA. Ooh. Tiger. Hockey Dude, you're 29 and 13 this month. Um, can't believe
1: I hit uh, the. You get to 30, I won't interrupt you anymore. The, the, I can't believe I hit that Celtics Lakers under win the overtime. Oh yeah. First of all, the craziest game you could watch. The Lakers went on a what was it, 37 to six run? What? 37 to six run, and then the Celtics went on a 28 to six run Ooh. and win the overtime. Jalen Brown missed two free throws. uh, Let me hit the uh, uh, under, Jalen. I appreciate it, man. I'm sending you some merch. All right, give me the (laughs) Nuggets money line and the over at 221 and a half. That's going off at plus 140. And then give me the Clippers money line and the over also at 221 and a half. That's going off at plus 160. We'll see. Hashtag who knows? Giants, Giants.
0: Man, I had one of those days where like your handwriting's really good. You ever have those days like No, my handwriting's handwriting's better. So it was just one of those days. Baby Cone taking to Auburn minus 20 and a half tonight against Georgia State. Woo! Giants, Giants. Giants, Giants. Then uh, Flames, Calgary, Moneyline, minus 165. Let's stay in the green, boys. Positive units means good
1: problems. All right, poll. Poll. Huh? Coach Lee, uh, Leach's best coaching job. Ooh. Washington State? Mississippi State?
2: Texas Tech? I'm going to say Texas Tech, 44%. Washington State, 42%. percent mm.
1: Mississippi State, 20%. Washington State, 27%. Texas Tech, 53%. Wow, crushed make that one. Good job today, fellas. Booster Club, great job
0: as usual. Make sure you have an awesome day or afternoon or evening or night whenever you're listening to this. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. TikTok as well. Look, I know some of y'all aren't down with that, but it's, it's, it's we're about business around here. So make sure you're finding us. And like the chances of Alex Ovechkin not scoring under 800 goals, we're going going.
1: God.